I am Suzanne Legrand, and this is The Shaman's Notebook. Today, my guest is psychic healer and quantum life coach, Laura Provost. Welcome. Hi, Suzanne. How are you? I'm good. What is a quantum coach? What do you do? Well, I'm glad that you asked. Um, and I guess simply a quantum coach is someone who works with someone to update their entire system. So I work with people on a mind, body, and physical level to do shadow work. So I help them to kind of integrate their trauma, their blocks, and you know any resistance or fear that they've got going on. And then I help them manifest. Um, so I guess really a quantum coach is someone who works with manifestation and works with the idea that we can co-create in the universe. Um, it's a new paradigm of thought, this quantum paradigm of thought, and we're actually seeing it through quantum science and quantum mechanics that our universe is responsive to us and we manifest who we are being. So as a quantum coach, I'm actively working with people to manifest consciously and to manifest what they want. Now, there's a lot of talk about manifestation and what's involved in manifestation. It's kind of a, a buzzword in a lot of spiritual communities. It is. It is. Absolutely. So it's great, this idea that we can create the reality that we want in your experience of working with people, what is it that prevents people from manifesting the reality that they want? So in quantum mechanics, there was an experiment called the observer effect. And what they found out uh, was these subatomic particles that make up everything behaved the way we expected them to. So these subatomic sub particles that make up everything if we have a belief or an expectation that's limiting, like if we don't believe that we can manifest our reality, or we don't believe that we can change our lives or make money or have love, that's really the biggest roadblock. The biggest roadblock is you. So that's really the irony in it, is it takes being open-minded enough to believe that it's a possibility to co-create your reality for it to actually work. So that's where people really get into trouble with trying to manifest as it's so much more than just affirmations or wishful thinking or visualizing what you want because really we live in a vibrational universe and to manifest what we want you have to align with it on an energetic level. So this is our thoughts, our emotions. You know, you can tell yourself you're a millionaire, but if your body goes, that's bullshit, then, you know, that's that's a roadblock. So it takes removing those internal barriers, you know, any limiting beliefs, any fear or resistance that we're holding so that we can actually align with the reality that we want. So manifestation is an internal job and it takes shifting our mind state, our thoughts, our energy, our beliefs, to be able to really actively co-create. And how do we shift our beliefs and our mindset and our emotions? That's a pretty tall order. It is. And that's the thing is beliefs are so sneaky because 
their beliefs. We think them to be true. We hold them to be true. So that's why it takes a paradigm shift. So moving into this quantum paradigm where you're updating your belief systems, it's a slow process. It, it takes time. And really, it's, it starts with just being open-minded enough to be like, huh, that's a really interesting concept. Instead of being closed off to it, of being open enough to be like, I'm going to play with this, or I'm going to see if I can manifest a cup of coffee, or if like, I wanted a ball for my dog, and I woke up this morning and I walked outside and there was a golf ball in our yard. You know, so even something like that where... I'm realizing that I had a thought about a want or, de or a desire, and then it ended up coming into my experience. So we're manifesting all the time. You know, you see synchronicities and signs and, you know, strange happenings where you either recognize them or you don't, but they are happening all the time. And so that's what I would say to people is just... Number one, become aware of what you are thinking. That's probably the key is awareness, becoming aware of what's going on internally, and then noticing when you're having thoughts and then they show up in your 3D reality. One of the difficulties of manifestation is that, at least if hypnotherapists are right, something like 80 to 90% of what we believe is unconscious. Yes. So how is it that we surface those unconscious beliefs that we're believing that we don't even know we're believing? Uh, I'm so glad, glad that you asked that because um, this is where somatics comes in. And this is, this is how I work with people is the body is the unconscious mind. And we actually store a lot of our programming and our unconscious beliefs within our body. So the way that I would walk something or someone through this is if you want to manifest more money and I'm talking to you about money and then all of a sudden you get triggered, I would have you start to scan your body and notice where inside you're feeling sensation. And then we would kind of drop your awareness right into the center of that place. And what you're doing as you're beginning to notice sensation and you're dropping your awareness in, you're starting to digest that energy. So it's a practice of kind of, I guess, sitting in the fire of your own being because oftentimes um, sensation, like if you get really triggered, it can be a little bit difficult to sit in that. So there's a process of titration where you go into that sensation and then you come out and you kind of go back and forth. And again, what you're doing is you're allowing that energy to digest. So oftentimes, like for instance, I want to manifest more money. And as you know, I'm talking to you about money, I'm starting to get triggered and I'm noticing that my chest is really tight. So I would drop my awareness right into the center of my chest and I would begin to notice that, oh, okay, it feels really tense. It feels really like heavy and contracted and I would stay with that sensation and then if there's any movement that wants to happen, any sounding that wants to happen, you allow the body to, to do that, whatever it wants, whatever it needs. And again, as you're doing this, you're working with your unconscious and you're digesting the energy that's there and you're allowing 
So the energy gets stored, I'll start with this, the energy gets stored in the body. And when we're noticing sensation and we're going into the places where we're triggered or we're tense, it's allowing those spaces, even just by bringing our awareness there, to start to unravel. And oftentimes there's some unfinished business there or, you know, that energy wants to digest, it wants to move, but it's blocked. So through the process of somatic experiencing, we're giving it the opportunity to finish out its cycle and to release. And, you know, once you've digested that energy, it makes it much easier to be in alignment with whatever it is that we're wanting. But the body is actually a great access point to our unconscious beliefs and our subconscious. Some people say that that memories are held in the cells of our body. When we feel them or we become aware of them, how does that help to release them or integrate them? So the body has an intelligence of its own. Um, and there's a great book for people who are interested in diving into this more, and it's called The Body Keeps the Score. It's an incredible book, and it's a case study of different trauma and how, um, how therapies kind of evolved and how the body essentially remembers everything that it went through. And what happens is, especially if we have an intense experience and we're not able to, I guess, deal with whatever happened to us in the moment, our body will hold on and store that until we reach a point where we're able to, to work with whatever, whatever that was. So if you experienced, let's say, sexual trauma, and at the point when it happened, it would have overwhelmed your system. It'll stay stored within your body as memory and as emotion and as tension. And the, the irony in this is, you know, oftentimes people will repeat cycles because really our trauma wants to be, it wants to be healed. So if you're getting triggered or if you're finding yourself in similar situations, you're attracting or manifesting similar situations to your original trauma or you're having things arise that are triggering that trauma, it's because it wants to be healed. But oftentimes we'll shove it back down just below the conscious mind because really we haven't been given the tools to properly heal and work with these things. You know, most of us don't have the emotional intelligence to, to work with trauma. And that's why oftentimes trauma victims end up uh, as addicts or with addictive tendencies because um, it's, it's a coping mechanism. So once we're in a place where we're able to look at the trauma, and this is actually... You know, it's not always the easiest thing. And I was taught as a somatic practitioner that you really want to be careful when you're leading someone into a somatic experience, because if they have a big release and it's too much for their system, it can re-traumatize or it can overwhelm. So that's where the titration comes in, of tuning into this sensation, of being with it, 
And if it's too much, maybe being on the edge of it. And if it's still too much, then finding a place within your body that feels good, that you can resource in. And then slowly kind of moving more and more to the point where the trauma is localized until you're ready to unravel it. And this unraveling, you know, it can look like moving, it can look like shaking, it can look like sounding, or it can look like someone having an emotional release, like crying. Um, or even, you know, screaming, there's, yeah, there's a, you know, a funny practice that goes along with somatic experiencing and it's an embodiment practice of embodying the sensation or the emotion, which can look really funny, especially to someone outside looking in and it's allowing your body to move in whatever way it needs to. So if it needs to scream and kick, if it needs to complete a stress cycle where if you were attacked and you froze and your body needed to fight, so you go through the motions of going back to that place and then letting your body kick and fight, you're completing a stress cycle. And it's, again, it's helping to integrate and release whatever happened. Um, so there's, there's a lot to it. And the biggest, the biggest part of it is letting go of the story in the mind, you know, and you can use the mind to enhance this process. You can use the imagination, you know, oftentimes I'll ask clients, you know, if they're tuning into a sensation, well, does it have a color or does it look a certain way? You know, or even sometimes imagery will come back. You might have a memory that flushes to the surface or, you know, like actually the imagination is very closely linked to our psychic seeing, which is our clairvoyance. It's actually pretty much one in the same. So as they're going through the process of, you know, feeling through the sensation, they might have visuals come up and that's their psychic sensor you know, processing what happened to them through imagery. So the mind can be a tool to help in this process, but not so much the logical mind. We want to stay away from the story, except to use the story to bring you to a place where you're triggered and then you can go into the heightened sensation. A lot of people make sense of their lives and build their identities with stories. Yes, yes, they do. The thing about our stories is whether they're disempowering or not, they usually serve us in some way. It's even, it's like with our addictive tendencies, they serve us. It might not be our highest good, but you know, if you're having a hard time and it's giving you some sort of relief or it's a distraction, or if it's soothing, or even if your body is addicted to being in states of panic or depression, or just being in states of, you know, fight and flight, honestly, distraction is a great coping mechanism. Whether it's, you know, distracting yourself with what someone else is doing, and that can look like blame or judgment or just hyper focus on other people um, or distracting yourself in exercise or your work or, you know, just being busy, you know, that's also a great coping mechanism and a great tool. The human being gets very, very clever in ways to cope and ways to, our dist to distract ourselves from actually looking inwards and seeing and feeling what's going on with us because 
like to be honest, you know, to do our shadow work and to turn inwards, it's not always easy. It can actually be really, really painful. And it can also be really scary to start to see some of your darkness or some of your shadows or some of the unconscious things within. Um, you know, and sometimes it feels like it's getting worse before it gets better because you're excavating all of these things. I remember being in Layla Martin's program and we were doing really deep work and I would get like, I called them healing hangovers, you know, like for a couple of days later, I would just not feel good. I would feel depressed or just heavy and logy. You know, it's, it's not always fun. It's much easier to just kind of keep the focus external. It takes a certain level of, of strength and definitely humility. Because it's, it's much easier to blame people than to look at how you contributed to the situation or to, you know, look at how you contributed to your life being the way that it is. It's much easier to blame your parents. So how is it that people release stories, especially ones that have up until recently helped them to have a coherent identity or maybe made sense of their lives, right? I mean, you're that's a, that's a pretty big ask to let go of a story that's central to who you think you are. It is. It truly is. And this is actually what I call frameworks. And it's shifting the way that we view things and the stories that we tell ourselves, you know, the frame in which we're perceiving or we're seeing through, you know, so this could look like shifting your framework from I'm a victim to, you know, I, I have power and control over what happens in my own body or from, you know, I'm a victim of trauma to how is this serving me or how can I learn from this? And it's not easy to do. And our frameworks tend to be just as sneaky as our beliefs. But this is where awareness, like I'd say the number one tool is awareness in all of this, in all of these processes. It's just becoming really familiar with what's going on within, not only with the sensations that we're feeling, but becoming aware of what's going on in our mind because oftentimes we do have stories that are playing on repeat or we do have an inner dialogue or monologue that oftentimes tends to be somewhat negative repetitive and not always very helpful but the beautiful thing about the logical mind is we actually have the capacity to choose our thoughts so this is where mind state comes in and shifting our mind state and shifting our framework. And it does take practice. And the beautiful thing is the more that we do this and the more that we actively catch ourselves in the stories that no longer serve us, because really, you know, reality is, it's hard to narrow down into one perspective. There's so many different truths. So really it comes down to the way that you look at things and you can shift the way that you look at things especially if you're telling yourself a story that doesn't serve yourself becoming aware of that story and then shifting the narrative that alone can change your life and at first it might be difficult to do but the more that you choose your thoughts and the more that you choose how you want to show up you'll actually rewire your brain and your nervous system to support that alternate story. 
So it's a process of, you know, using the mind, using the body, using awareness to become aware of the energy we're holding within, the stories we're telling ourselves, you know, the vibration that we're holding, the energetic vibration. And once we become aware of that, especially if it's one that we're like, you know what, this doesn't really serve me, I'm going to choose something else, it's going to feel like an uphill battle at first because you're actually wired in that very specific way. But through neuroplasticity, we can change that and we can rewire ourselves. So this is where the life upgrade comes in, is where, you know, as we're doing this work, we are literally upgrading our nervous system, upgrading our beliefs, upgrading our thoughts, and in doing so, upgrading our lives. So this is where the quantum comes in. Mm -hmm. How do we know if a story serves us or not? If it has a negative connotation. If you were telling yourself a story of victimization, you know, this person did this to me and this happened to me and why do bad things always happen to me? You know, like that has a very specific tone to it. And it's an overall negative tone. Like if you distill it down to negative or positive, empowering or disempowering, if you can, you know, really just narrow it down to is this thought or is this story empowering me or disempowering me, that right there will tell you whether or not it's serving you. How did you get into doing this work? Oh, it was such a, a long road. And it started with the law of attraction. My mom turned me on to uh, the secret. And I just became really, really intrigued with the idea of manifestation and being able to co-create a reality and I tried for years and years and years, you know, to use visualizations and affirmations to draw things into me and I would kind of be able to do it, but not really, or it wouldn't last. And then actually somewhat recently, like within the past two or three years, um, I found a teacher who was teaching manifestation from an embodiment perspective. She was teaching it from the perspective of we manifest who we're being. So if you're just trying to do affirmations a couple of times a day or visualize a couple of times a day, you're not really going to change your 3D reality. But if you can align with the energy of what you want, if you can embody it and call it in and you she would call it acting from the state of the wish fulfilled. So you kind of step into the version of you who already has your goals, who already has your dreams, you know, whether that's the romance, whether that's the money, the success, whatever it is, and you begin to move throughout your day consistently. So that's, that's the thing is consistency because our dominant vibration is what manifests. So this band-aid manifestation of just doing manifestation techniques, you know, I think that's why most people fail at this is because to really become a potent manifester, you have to completely transform yourself, mind, body, and energy to essentially quantum leap into the version of you that, you know, has what you want and then to live that version. So it's, it's really a whole body approach. And how have you used that in your own life? 
Um, I feel like I've used it to be honest, to have everything that I've gotten, the good and the bad. And when I first was starting out, I really was focusing on trying to create more wealth for myself. And again, I would do my manifestation techniques and maybe it would work a little bit. But it wasn't until I really started to embody wealth that I would see like within a day's time, you know, within a day or a week, like very, very quickly, my 3D reality would shift and money would come to me out of nowhere. Like that would that would be the wildest thing is, you know, the logical mind tries to ration, you know, I'd be budgeting, I'd be looking at how much was coming in and coming out. And really, it was keeping me in a state of lack. And I had this realization that it was lack in the guise of logic. And so I stopped doing that. I stopped budgeting and I just started focusing on having more than enough and feeling that in my body because that was an easy access point. Because again, going to like, I'm a millionaire, that felt somewhat unreachable. But tuning into the vibration of, I have more than enough. I always have more than enough. I am always provided for, you know, like that was an easy access point. And when I focused on that and when... I would go into lack or I would go back to, you know, my old ways when I would revert back. I use my awareness to be like, oh, you slipped. Okay, refocus, repivot back to, you know, the task at hand. So it takes being able to catch yourself when you're falling back into old patterns and then pivoting and remembering, focus on what you want, focus on what you want. And so this is when the game really changed for me is because when I started to really embody and focus on what I want, like really, really strongly, you know, without wavering, you know, so that, you know, I'm moving through my day in 80% of the time, or at least 60% of the time, or at the very least 50% of the time, I'm in alignment with what I want. I was seeing my 3D reality change. And I knew it was because of what I was doing, because again, the money was coming to me in crazy ways. You know, it was, it was coming in ways that I would not have expected. And there was no like rationale for it. And <laughs> the funny thing too, is as soon as I would stop doing this, because you know, like you won't be perfect at it and it will take some time to build your belief and you will forget and you will revert back. And that's exactly what would happen. I would revert back for a week or a month and then I would find myself in lack again where I was barely making ends meet. And, you know, the blessing behind that is your 3D reality is a reflection of what you're holding within. So, you know, when things started going awry, it's like, all right, Laura, what are you focusing on? And then I would have to shift back. And then again, within just a couple days of me holding my vision, my reality would shift. So it took that living experience of seeing things shift very quickly for me and noticing when I'm in this state, this happens. And when I'm in this state, this happens. So it was the lived experience of seeing my reality change and then beginning to build my belief of Oh, I know that I can do this. Oh, I know I can manifest. So when I would fall into fear and lack or worry, it's like, Laura, you know you can create. You know that you are the key to your own success based on what you're focusing on. Because again, I think most of us think worrying helps us, but it really doesn't. It makes us suffer twice. We think we're being practical. 
but we're not. We're just putting ourselves in the vibration of what we don't want. So when you understand that your vibration, and by vibration I mean your energy, your thoughts, your emotions, when all of those are aligned towards your goal and you start to see things shift, you'll be able to build your belief and you'll become more and more certain that this is something that's working and this is actually real. And, you know, it's very empowering to know that you are the key to your own success. So you don't really have outside circumstances to blame when things are going wrong. Like, yes, maybe you got a ticket or yes, maybe, you know, something went wrong, but it's like, okay, how did I attract that in? What was I focusing on? And then when you're getting that feedback from your reality, if you don't like it, to remember, oh, I need to focus on what I do want instead of what I don't. And again, pivoting. For people who are interested in your work, where can they find you? So I do have a YouTube channel. It's Quantum Magic. And then I'm also Laura Love 1111 on Instagram. And then for folks who want to know more, they're also welcome to reach out to me via phone or email. Um, my email is Laura, L-A-R-A dot provost dot coaching at gmail.com. And I do offer free discovery calls. So again, if someone's interested in working with me, um, I would love to get together with them and we can see if it would be a good fit. Because I also recognize that not every coach is for everyone. And really, you know, I, I like to attract clients that are in alignment with, with me, you know, soulmate clients. Thank you so much for being on The Shaman's Notebook today. Yes, thank you so much for having me. It's been great being here with you. I am Suzanne Legrand, and this is The Shaman's Notebook. Each week, I bring you new perspectives on healing from energy medicine practitioners, shamans, intuitives, and spiritual teachers who are changing the way we think, feel, and heal. If you enjoyed the show and would like to learn more about healing and new ways to heal, subscribe in the link below. And if you want to experience a healing yourself, join me on Fridays at the Healing Salon. Thanks for listening.